Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. What up, everybody? This is Rob Brandt. And this is Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Welcome back. And we have a very special guest on the podcast here. Rick, do the, the honors of introducing our man Chip over here. Rob, it would be my honor and privilege to introduce to our listeners a dear friend of ours, a dear friend of the podcast, and a golfing industry icon. Rob, this guy in 2011 was the recipient of the PGA Golf Professional of the Year Award. It doesn't get bigger than that. This guy has led tournaments throughout the country with all of the rules and regulations that go with it. And we are going to have a lot of fun on today's podcast with a, one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chip Essig. Hey, guys. Nice introduction. Chip, uh, we, I'll tell you what my son said. I'll tell you what my son said. I was telling him I was going to do a podcast tonight and a little bit about it. And then I go, well, you know, one of the guys they had on was Jim Nance, the famous broadcaster. And he, he goes, so what are you doing on it? <laughs> <laughs> Always good to be humbled. <laughs> well, I bet Jim Nance, uh, you'd go toe to toe with him on any rules and uh, golfing fun facts, anything that he would ever want to know on the broadcast. I'll take him out on the rules. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, Chip, you have been, like I said in the intro, a huge part of rules and everything that goes on within the golfing world and P 
PGA of America, which I know we're going to get into in a little while, but we want to hear a little bit about how you got into golf when you were younger, when you were a kid playing it. Where did that all start? Mine's an easy story. Um, my dad was a golf pro, played on tour back in the early 60s. He was a USGA National Publings champion. Um, so when I was eight years old, he had a golf course built and that he ran until I think he sold it in 88 or 89. So all through my years growing up, we had a golf course where I kind of worked, um, played and fished a lot, probably be more accurate. Um, my sister will tell you she did more work than I did, but I can remember being up early on weekends, pulling golf carts out and mowing rough and changing cups. And I don't think there was a job I haven't done at that golf course. Um, so my senior year in college, I decided that counting didn't sound as fun as I thought it might that I think I want to get into the golf business. So I talked to my dad and ended up going down to PJ National in uh, Palm Beach Garden for my first job. Wow. So you started in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, PJ National, which is the current host site for the Honda Classic. Yep. And then like, so at that point you started working, what was your role there? You know, I, I was assistant golf pro, started out in the bag room, cart room, did that for about six months, then moved up to the golf shop. And then the last about six months I was there, I, I worked in their stock room. Had probably at that time, 400 to half a million dollars worth of merchandise and inventory. So kind of oversaw all the that coming in and getting it priced and put out. So it was a great education thing to learn all the different companies' invoices and what certain things meant on them. So it was a great education time for me. That's incredible. And I think we should take a moment here and talk a little bit more about that because too often we're watching golf on TV, but nobody's really recognizing all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes at the, at the shops and at the courses when the tournaments aren't happening. What do you think is some of the more difficult, challenging positions behind the scenes that people just don't see on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, there's so many things behind the scenes. I got to believe one of the toughest has got to be coordinating all the volunteers. Um, I couldn't give you a number of the thousands of volunteers that are at a site, but making sure all the hole marshals are there, making sure the security guards are where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, th then there's the food vendors and the merchandise vending that all has volunteers involved and then getting people going where they're supposed to go and more importantly not going where they're not supposed to go and then probably the unsung hero of every event is the weather guy you know we have a guy on site um this year's pga you know we were paying them a lot of attention um it got cold i mean one of the colder days i've worked in an event would you believe it was tulsa oklahoma in may um, but the winds are supposed to gust to 30 and you kind of need to know what direction that wind's coming from so the golf course can be set up correctly. And if you'll notice on Saturday, we moved the 632-yard par 5 13th up. Um, a lot of it was because of the wind. Um, we're thinking about doing it anyway, making it a little easier to go for it too. But when the wind gust came, it was going to be down into the wind. It was a no-brainer. Let's make sure we move that up. Yeah. And, and not sorry to jump in here, Rick, but – um, Chip, I know you were you were the chairman of uh, the PGA Championship. Well, the, rules, the rules committee. Yeah, the yeah. rules committee. 
can you talk talk us through that? Like, what what was that like being the, the chairman of the rules committee? You know, it, it's funny. We a have such a great committee, and for a PJ championship, we have a whole official on every hole. They sit there all day, and then we have six rovers, and they do timing and, and then uh, you know pace of play things, and then also they'd be the ones coming in for the second opinion. And that golf course worked out perfectly in little three-hole zones where you could get in the middle of the little triangle and never really have to cross a hole to get to any of your three holes. Well, as the general rover, it really didn't leave a place for me. Um, I would go out there. I, I relieved some guys. We have two guys that do the TV broadcast. Um, one would do the ESPN Plus in the morning and one would do the CBS one in the afternoon. And I would go in why they were switching because obviously it's not exactly a tag and it took a little bit of time to get back out we wanted them to get some lunch so I spent a couple of hours out in their zone the rest of the time I, I I didn't have a lot that I had to worry about um once you know the the bell went off and they started till we finished um in the mornings I would go out with Kerry Hag our setup guy and uh get the golf course set up um he's got the whole location picked and we would put them just to make sure there wasn't anything iffy. Um, the day of the higher winds, we moved a couple because uh, we thought they could be a little challenging or the ball wouldn't stay still. Um, and we check a lot of other little things that you would never think about out there. Um, the bunkers, make sure they're raked, make sure there's no bunker liner showing you, just kind of check them. We double check where the rakes are placed. Um, in fact, we have somebody that goes around kind of just in front of us and I moved out to the side of play so that a ball doesn't hit off the rake and go into a bunker, you know, that's heading right toward the green. So there's a lot of things we do in the morning. Like I said, after that, our guys really took care of it. I know at that point, if I get involved, it's something that's going to make TV or make a magazine. So I really don't want to hear my name called, <laughs> you know, during the regular play. That is until we get to do a playoff. That's one of the nice things on a chairman is you get to do the playoff. So let's talk about that. This year, the PGA Championship, Tulsa, Oklahoma, it goes to a playoff. Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris, walk us through how all that transpired and then give us some funny stories that maybe uh, only here on the Brothers Brand podcast <laughs> you'd hear. Yeah, I tell you, there, there was a little neat thing about Sunday at this one. Uh, Will Zalatoris is from Dallas, Texas, and he grew up at a club where one of our rules officials, David Price, was the pro. So Will grew up at his club. David's obviously very good friends with the family. So, you know, there's a, they're kind of pulling for Will. On the other hand, Justin Thomas, his dad's a PGA pro from Kentucky. And we also had um, Cameron Young was in the group with Will. His dad used to be on our rules committee and is the head pro at Sleepy Hollow in New York. So it felt like, you know, I, I felt bad for the for Mito, but we didn't really have a connection to him. Um, seemed like a really nice guy. I mean, everybody hated to see what happened to him on 18. Um, you guys think you've played hard golf holes? That's a hard golf hole. Um, I mean, they're they're I mean, they're back there almost off the property teeing off. And you hit it anywhere on the right side of the fairway, the ball kicks toward the creek. And then it's not a short shot from short of the creek up the hill to the green. So anyway, you know, all day, you know, we kind of have kind of which of these guys are we pulling for? There's a little bit of connection. It'd be neat, you know, no matter which one won. And so we get to the playoff 
And one thing I forgot to bring down, I had gotten out to the, we were playing 13, 17, and 18, three holes, total strokes, and then we'd start a sudden death playoff. And so I got my stuff ready. There's a little piece of paper we use, we fill out. Um, I had my little ones and two. Actually, I think I went up to four or five in case the playoff had a lot of players. Um, so I threw away the extra numbers. I was down to one, two, and three. And soon as uh, you knew the, that the uh, one fellow didn't make bogey on the last hole, I threw the three away and a guy gave me a ride to 13. Now, I think 13, 17, 18 were just about the perfect hole for a playoff. 13 was moved up. So it was a reachable par five if you hit good shots. But it's not one that just everybody could go for because there's two lakes right in front of it. And as you saw, Justin Thomas hit it in the right rough and couldn't go for it. So he had to make his birdie land up, whereas Will knocked it on in two and made birdie that way. Then you get to 17. Um, 302, I believe, was the yardage that day. I don't know about you guys. That's not my three wood. Um, but they just both ripped three wood, you know, just a slight cut moving toward the creek. Um, but I mean, those are just two good shots. Um, and then 18, such a hard hole. Um, you can't luck out on 18. Um, you got to play good golf. But a, a little funny story. Um, I forgot whole location sheets. Um, telling you where the flag is on each green. You know, I always pick one up each morning just to have it. And I think of the 22 PGAs, I maybe had one player ask me if I had an extra one. I always have one with me. Um, well, for the playoff, my other guys already have one. I didn't even think about it. And uh, Kerry Hague would call me, hey, Chip, did you get a whole location? She's like, I didn't. And if you watch the video, it's, it's one of the players was running up. You'll see one of our officials running in the background. And um, he hands them to me, and there's like three of them. So I just fold them up, put them in my pocket. We do the drawing. Uh, they tee off. And as soon as we start to walk off, Justin Thomas turns around and goes, hey, anybody have a whole location sheet? And I'm like, yeah, I've, I've got one. Oh, okay, good. So he comes, stands next to me, and I pull them out of my pocket. And I go to, to you know, they're folded up like this. And I go to unfold it. And it, it, it tears. I mean, just right across the thing. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to go back and look at the replay on that. <laughs> I don't think it was on TV. I think they'd cut the commercial because I looked for it. Um, <laughs> so now it may be, you know, the Netflix cameras are there. Maybe I made Netflix on it. Um, but anyway, I, I just, you know, I feel like an idiot ripping a whole location sheet, but it's not that big a deal. I look at them and I go, you want a ripped one or one that's not ripped? <laughs> goes, yeah, I'll take one that's not ripped. I'm like, all right. And so when the playoffs done, you know, Bones and M hug and all that goes on. They do a few uh people come in and interviewing. And then actually he walks over to the side and Sky TV interviews them for the overseas crowd while they're getting the presentation made. And then for the presentation, one of the nice things is we walk in and we kind of stand behind everybody in sport coats. Uh, you know, our officers, and I think it's some committee people from the club. Um, and then after that's done, each group gets to take a picture with the winner. Um, so over the years, I've got pictures with most of the PGA winners. And as chairman, I get to stand next to him. So I, as I'm walking up, he goes, hey, Chip, how's it going? And uh, he goes, hey, thanks for that ripped hole location sheet. <laughs> just joking. I mean, obviously, I didn't give him the ripped one. Um, 
So he had a good laugh about it. That's good. Afterward. That's funny. That's you know, one thing I found out about guys who win the PGA, they're usually in pretty good moods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. <laughs> you can I, you, you can crack some jokes. Yeah, they're, they're ready for a little humor. Well, Chip, that is a pretty awesome story. And it's so cool that you've been a part of so many amazing events. And Rob and I have gotten a chance to spend a little bit of time with you and see you in Augusta, Georgia for the Masters Tournament, which is one that you've worked many years now. And I know, like you said earlier, your guys' jobs are long days. You're getting there before the sun comes up sometimes, and you're probably not leaving until the sun goes down often. So they're long days, but they have these fun you know, experiences that come from it. And I recall you being on the 12th green with Tiger Woods at Augusta National during a Masters Sunday. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what the scenario was, what played out, and what went down? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sounds like it's going to be a whole lot more than it actually was. Um, but it's a great day. It's one I'll never forget. Um, Augusta you know, what hole you get assigned to, they randomly assign you. Uh, I'm sure they put some thought on who they want where, but we don't know what that thought is. You know, just we show up and they tell us which four holes we're going to have. And, you know, it's Augusta. We're happy to do, work any of them. There's there's not a battle on the golf course. So Sunday, I've got 12. And I'm working it with the tour official who's, who's worked it numerous times. I've worked it probably three or four times. There's two positions for the rules official on 12. One's up in the bushes above the green and one's short of Ray's Creek, almost over to the uh, left of 13T. And that's actually the position I worked this year on Sunday. Um, and there's some benefits to that position. There's a uh, very nice player restroom, 15 feet from where you sit that has coolers of water. There's shade. Um, and you got a good view of the green and you can see 11 better, but, and as I told the guy, I, I shared it with the guy from the USGA. I said, if you've never sat up there, you've got to sit up behind the green. I said, you know, it's, is there a better seat in golf than sitting? What is it? 10, 15 feet above the 12th green, looking down at it. I mean, you see the shots hitting right towards you off the tee. Um, I don't know what that would go in a charity auction. But that should have to go for quite a bit. A lot um, of zeros. I'm, I'm thinking you know, at least at least 100k. You know, I remember on your Jim Nance podcast, he said, you know, hitting balls on his little uh, number seven behind his house went for I think 50,000, 55,000. I bet you my seat at Augusta would go for more. Oh <laughs> yeah, at a charity. Um, well, what's cool about that seat too, Chip, is that you've been in it, and I remember watching on TV. You would appear and disappear as if uh, you were like in the field of dreams, one of those ghosts walking in and out of the corn stalks. I love that. <laughs> the, the term rules official uses conspicuously inconspicuous. Um, you want players to be able to find you, but you don't want the TV cameras to find you. Now, the only problem behind 12 green, I think I counted one year, it's either six or seven cameras could possibly point, be pointed at you. Um, so it's hard to get away, but really you're sitting up in the bushes. You really aren't seen. And there is a path down. You kind of come down below the TV camera there, back right of the green to come out. Well, anyway, that's the year when, uh, oh, I can't think of his name, the Italian. Molinari. Francesco Molinari. Yeah, he was leading. And if a female was in there, 
I don't remember the other guy who was in there. Oh, all hit balls in the water on 12. Um, there was like three or four people in the last three groups that hit the ball in the water on 12 that kind of really gave Tiger the chance to win. And Tiger <laughs> fleeced it right over the middle of the bunker. Center of the green probably had 25 feet. Well, this is where I get involved. When he got up there, he wanted the, the green blown off. And, you know, one of the things Augusta does because of the time of year, a lot of stuff falling out of the trees. There's blowing crews set up all over the golf course and 12 has one right behind the green. So once Finau hit his shot up, um, we got the blowing crews out. And this is a little kind of behind the scenes, golf's a small world story. Um, when they come out, the guy to blow the thing can't get it started. He's pulling and pulling on his leaf blower. And um, oh, no. Joe, the caddy, Tiger's caddy, is worried because they had just been warned about slow play. He goes, we got to get going. We just got warned. And I'm like, Joe, hey, you can calm down on that. We just had a train wreck up on 13. If you look, the, the guys haven't even teed off 13T yet. You're going to be fine. The guy can't get his thing started. <laughs> and so the other two guys came out. They got their started. We got the green blown off. Now, this is a small world story. Middle of that summer, I get a guy coming in my shop with one of my members. And my member goes, Chip, do you recognize this guy? And I'm like, help me out. Where would I know you from? My member starts to laugh. He goes, the 12th green at Augusta. It was the guy who couldn't get his leaf blower started. <laughs> he was a Canadian um, superintendent who goes down and volunteers at Augusta. And I tell you what a week, it would have been Memorial Day weekend because he, he came in for some stuff that happens race week, but he was actually leaving the day before the race. So this was Saturday before the race. And he just Googled a place to play golf and found our golf course, happened to pair up with a member who happened to know I was on 12 at Augusta. And so it was kind of funny that we shared some pictures we each had of that I had a couple with him blowing the, the greens off and he had a couple that people gave him with tiger us on the green. That's so cool, Chip. And I actually believe I will go to my grave believing that I don't think Tiger Woods's return to glory that Sunday happens without you having the ability to get everything taken care of on that green. Oh, I totally think he should have written me a thank you note or something. At but, least. Uh, he did maybe, it? maybe it's he in the mail it? still, but uh, you know. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's like a veteran move? Do you think it's something only Tiger and a few people know about? Of course, they establish the rules and everybody's aware of them. But do you think the first year tour player would have the guts to say, "I want this green blown off right now"? Here's the thing: I don't know that a first year tour guy. You know, he might be a little wavery, knowing what to do. Um, you know, any veteran tour player you know, that's going to be a thing you ask. And it was kind of funny because the, sitting up in the bushes are uh, two scoring people. And the, the one lady that sits up there, her name, I can't think of her name right now, uh, but she's there every year. That's the nice thing about their marshals. You get to know them. Um, Spotter on two. In fact, he just retired. Uh, Mr. Lake's on 13. Um, fairway. You just know the, the people. Um, but she was like, Chip, the, the green needs blown, the green needs blown. I'm like, you're right, it does. But because of all the balls in the water, play got backed up. 
And like the last five groups, there was never a gap. And I wasn't about to tell Tiger, hey, Tiger, hang on, don't hit your shot yet. I'm going to blow the green. <laughs> he hits it in the water and says, well, yeah, you know, we got disrupted before we teed off 12. You know, it kind of threw me off and I hit it in the water. So I felt like we were better off. Hey, if it's too bad, they'll let us know. And that's what happened is, you know, there, and it, it was funny. There was, from the time the last group left the green until Tiger's group got to the green, there were some gusts of winds and we could see the stuff falling down. Um, and I was actually already down by the TV tower because I thought it was getting bad and that we might have to do that. Unbelievable. So, I, I love for Tiger to do it. Chip, I, I could listen to this all day long. I love this. This is pure gold right here. And I have two more questions that I want to ask you before I hand it over to Rob and uh, have a little fun as we wrap this podcast up. So PGA of America, they've been headquartered down in Florida. They are building a incredible state-of-the-art headquarters in Frisco, Texas, Texas, just north of Dallas. What do you make of that? And what do you see the future of the PGA of America being? You know, um, it's exciting to move. Uh, the, the stuff we have down in Palm Beach Gardens, access to PGA National, and then the clubs up in Port St. Lucie that the PGA owns are, are great assets for PGA members, some great benefits to go down there and play in the winter. But that's really an East Coast deal. Um, you know, east of the Mississippi deal. I think Dallas gets us a headquarters that all our members can get to easier. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of cities that fly direct to Dallas, not as many that fly direct to uh, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. So, you know, I think for members, that's good. Uh, I know we've kind of outgrown the buildings we were in uh, down in, in Palm Beach Gardens and had this opportunity Obviously, Gil Hans is one of the hottest architects right now, but he's the gentleman who, who redid Southern Hills five or six years ago and got to spend a little time with him at Tulsa. So, you know, always I'm always interested in listening to the architects and what they were thinking and why they did certain things. And I hear the course he's building down there is spectacular. In fact, I think it just opened. I um, can't remember what year. We're taking a PGA championship there. Uh, is it 2027? Somewhere in it, there. It's coming up. I, my fiance and I, we live uh, just a few minutes away, and uh, it is incredible what they've built already and what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, I'm getting, I, you know, I haven't been down there yet, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to go see it. Well, when you do come down, we will be getting together for uh, some pizza and some beer. I want to ask you, uh, before I hand it over to Rob here to wrap things up, we've got the U.S. Open coming up in Brookline, Massachusetts. This is going to be an exciting year for the U.S. Open. Give us your preview, some analysis, maybe some things to watch for, and what maybe your role might be there. You know, my role, I'll be a whole official there. Um, they'll assign me to a hole each day and uh, take care of any rulings. Uh, we help the guys that do timing, which I assume they're going to probably use some of their staff people and then tour officials, which is the same thing we do at the PGA of America. We have some of our past chairmen, and then we have tour officials who help with the timing. Um, not that the rest of the people can't do the timing. The tour guys are way more comfortable with the tour officials. Um, so it's really just to keep the tour players comfortable. If they know the person coming out, they don't doubt them as much. 
as they would somebody they don't recognize. Um, so I'll just be sitting on a hold. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've had a busy, even though I, I'm not working, I've had a busy spring. Normally, and I need to do it probably next week sometime, uh, I'll go Google the golf course, kind of get an idea of the layout. You know, I know some of the history of it, but I don't know the holes real well. So I usually, before I get there, like to kind of have an idea where the first tee is. Um, the embarrassing walking out of the rules trail and have, where do I go? <laughs> and the only problem is when you Google it, there's not grandstands and trailers and concessions. A lot of times it doesn't look anything like what it did on Google. Um, you know, the, the USGA, I am sure will have a very challenging setup um, where par is good. I would not want to see 52 weeks of golf like that, but I love one a year where you really make these guys figure things out. So, and I think that's what separates the U.S. Open, you know, from, from some of the, you know, the other majors. Um, and I think they all four have a unique spot and I like where they all fit. I mean, I like where the PGA fits now in our May time slot. Um, you know, there's a lot of the players will tell you we have one of the best setups um, for golf. We have a really great setup guy doing ours. And then, you know, you go over to the open uh, overseas. That's just totally different type golf courses, different type weather than I'm used to. So it's neat. But I'm looking forward to getting up there, working with my friends at the USGA. Any early predictions? I mean, Scotty Shuffler, Justin Thomas, those two can't be bad picks, can they? No, they're as hot as can be right here. Speaking I mean, of hot, never, speaking of hot, chip, golf. Oh, you never know. Anybody could win any given round, any given time. It's it's that's the best part about the game of golf. One day you're up top, next day you're fighting to make the cut. Yeah, if you look at Scotty missed the cut at the PGA and is in a playoff the next week. I love Justin Thomas's uh, missed cut the following week after winning the PGA. <laughs> he goes well. Not bad heading home with this guy. The trophy. He's sitting there holding the trophy on his couch. That's all yeah. that. That was awesome. That was awesome. Speaking of hot, this podcast has been red hot. We're going to get to the lightning round of questions with my brother, Rob. All right. So we got some lightning round. Chip, I think you can handle it if you were hanging out with Tiger on 12. I think, I think you're going to be okay with this lightning round over here. Um, all right. So uh, what are you most looking forward to about St. Andrews? Boy, um, that, that list is long. Um, I think you got to get the picture on the bridge on 18, right? Um, I really want to stand on 17T and see what the shot over the hotel looks like. From friends that have gone over before, from the uh, dorms that we stay in, it's like a five-minute walk to downtown St. Andrews mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just to see what that's like. You know, I've seen so many pictures of that one and 18 corridor. Mm -hmm. Full of people. I mean, that's got to be cool to see. So that many double greens. You know, there's a lot of those that are double greens. I don't think they show on TV quite like that, but I'm I'm interested to see what that really looks like. So that was not a lightning round answer, but <laughs> that right. wasn't the best okay. no question either. Chip, this is your podcast here today. <laughs> this is your podcast. This is your podcast, Chip. We're just living in it. I just don't want you to put me on the clock for slow play. <laughs> touché, touché. I see what you did there. 
And Rick's going to be out at the open. So you guys are going to have to hang out up there. He's going to be out there yeah, with his yeah. uh, beautiful fiance, much better uh, other half. So, um, and um, all right. So who would be your perfect uh, foursome in golf? You plus three others. Yeah. You know, I've, I've had this one asked before and um, I, I think, and there's a couple of different ways to answer it. I think you, you go back, uh, you got to put Jack Nicholas in there. Um, the 18 majors, um, you know, do you want to see Tiger and Jack play together? Do you want to see Jack and Arnie? Um, one of the spots has got to be my dad. Um, now on the flip side, I'd be really happy with my two kids, my dad and me. Um, that's not a great golf podcast podcast answer your family man chip your um, family man we love that around here very wholesome there's a lot of the old timers i'd love to go back you know I, you know i'd probably have to say you know bobby jones and jack nicholas and my dad that might be a pretty cool that's oh all my gosh and, I and I, we opened now, the final question should be what course are we going to play <laughs> well hey that's a follow-up what course what's nobody the... ever asked that one afterward let's do it let's do it what's the course you know there's a few courses that i think would be cool to play bobby jones at augusta that could never be bad but I, I just got to play there you know i've never played pebble beach that'd be a cool one to take them st andrews wouldn't be a bad place to go play so yeah, when they call me I'll, I'll let you know where we go <laughs> you call us and we'll caddy for you okay we'll hold, we'll hold the bags it was funny uh you know jim jim nance when he was on he said like his dad and he pivoted and said i'm not in the foursome i'm holding a microphone commentating it <laughs> yeah i i'm a little more selfish i want to play i don't want to do, <laughs> do the rules while they play in case anything no. got to play <laughs> I like to play. I want to play. <laughs> All right. So top five golf courses that you've played. Wow. Um, it's funny. Three of them were in the last six months. Um, that's not that I played. One of my favorite courses is the uh, Pacific Dunes of Man and Dunes. Mm. I just love playing that golf what's, course. What's the ranking? What's the one through five? What do we got? At Man and Dunes? Or uh, my like courses? Top top five, like what we. Uh, I don't know if I ever ranked them. Um, we we left there and went down and played Cypress Point. That's definitely going to be in my top five. That's mm -hmm. a cool golf course. Then obviously getting to play Augusta. Um, I played Kiowa Island. You know, it may be in there. It's a different kind of good. I'm a Pete Dye fan. If I, you know, Crooked Stick here in Indianapolis is one of my favorite courses. I just think it's fun to play. I think I don't know what else I'd put in my, you know, I, I probably have a top three, I guess, or top four. Top four. Okay. And, uh, you know, right now, I don't know if Cypress or Augusta would be one, one, two. I think they're one A and one B. And I don't know which, probably depends on which day. Well, what you know, about, what about Southern Hills? You know what? I, I will tell you, places we played the PJ Championship in or at, I really like Southern Hills. I think it's a fun golf course. And I also think it's a golf course where members, ladies, juniors can play it and have fun because there's a sets of tees up where they can play it from. It's not necessarily, you know, so hard. You couldn't play it, but we moved the boys back to 7,400 yards and it was plenty for them. 
Yeah. And so moving on, moving on. So you've, you've seen a lot of golf in your life. Top two favorite memories in golf that you've witnessed. I'm going to say one of them was my dad at Crooked Stick in Indianapolis. We were playing, he, I'm trying to think, I was probably playing the up tees. He was playing the back tees on a par, the sixth hole, par three. It's probably a 180 yard hole there. I remember it was dead into the wind, pretty stiff wind. It might have been 190. And this is going back to probably in the 80s. A lot of golf balls, you know, everything in travel as far. And he hit a one iron that never left the flag in the hole i mean wow. landed 10 wow. feet short i don't think i've ever seen a more perfect golf shot hit wow wow that's amazing oh my gosh all and right i'll throw a surprise one out to you okay and it's a round of golf that i just thought was really good okay um what aaron oberholzer oberhauser former a guy played on tour got injured i walked with him at southern hills when we were there in 05, 07, whatever year we were there, um, when it was so hot. And I don't know if I've ever seen a guy hit the golf ball better. Fairways, greens, and I think he shot four or five under and lipped out three or four putts. I mean, I, I just sat there and was like, holy cow, how's this guy not winning every week? Rob, I love Chip on our podcast here. He's been around the greats of the game, and that's the type of answer he gives right there. He's a golf diehard. You watch good golf, you love great golf. And Chip, I love that answer. That's amazing. So, all right, we're going back to Augusta National here uh, with the second to last question. And top three food choices at the Masters. <laughs> all right, I, I can get this one. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, to me, I, I don't start eating them until Thursday, the pimento cheese. Um, you, can't, you can start too early and, 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 you know, not have enough left for Saturday and Sunday. But I, I'm, I'm going to give you a twist on the pimento cheese. Okay. In, in our head, tournament headquarters, there's a little open face grill in there, and they're so nice to us, a grilled pimento cheese sandwich. Oh, that's VIP right there. That sounds is, fancy. That's gonna that's gonna charge you two dollars instead of the one fifty. Well, that's the nice thing about the tournament headquarters. I'm not sure what the, the price is. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the, I'm a fan of barbecue, so the barbecue sandwich. And then I tell you what, my go-to I usually have on, on tournament days. I, I'll I'll usually take two sandwiches out there with me. The pimento cheese is is more like a snack. Yeah, it's not a real sandwich, is it? Then I take the ham and cheese. They do just a nice deli sandwich. Oh, it's so great. Oh, oh there's there's well, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so third 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 one here. Um, you know, I, I've always learned you have to shoot your shot. Um, I, with with Jim with Jim Nance, uh, I asked him if we could play in the backyard, and you're he said, welcome you to hit balls in my backyard. <laughs> Yay, all right. My, my wife and I are going to be my wife and I are going to be up in Boston around the same time as the U.S. Open. Any chance we can get a couple tickets for my beautiful wife and me and, and my adorable seven-month-old? You know, there's a chance. Let me uh, let me see what I can do. Okay. Might know a guy. Might know a guy. <laughs> you know what? I, I think I may have already turned them down because I didn't have anybody that was wanting them. Um, hey. <laughs> well, listen, I might be able to hook you up. It's Mine's all good. Big, it's a, if you can, you can. It's a big one, go. but uh, if they do it, I don't mind asking. All right. All right. If nothing else, you guys are going to have to meet up and say hello in Brookline, Massachusetts. Chip, 
thank you so, so much for coming on today's podcast. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, guys. Good to see you again. This absolutely, awesome absolutely. One of the greatest men in the game of golf as far as the brothers Brand are concerned, Chip Essig. Thanks for coming on. For all you listeners out there, I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brand. Thanks for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.